Hi, this is Bill Allerton from Urban Tiger Radio, a project sponsored by Cybermouse Multimedia, bringing you free podcasts to download or listen to live online on your favorite podcast player, iTunes, Stitcher.com, SoundCloud, or just Google us and you will find us everywhere. Enjoy. First of all, who is Gina Bradbury Fox? Well, that's a well, that's a very good question, I have to say, Bill, who is Gina Bradbury Fox? Because do I know? I don't know really. Um I suppose go back to childhood, my nickname in the family was Miss Zanussi, the appliance of science, because I I can we're old enough to remember that. Um I can fix anything and can turn my hand to anything and do anything. So I suppose as a person, I'm a very can-do fixing type of person. But I'm very family-minded, and so I've always stuck. I'm the glue in the family, if you like, between all of us. And I suppose in the last 30 years, what I've really become sort of synonymous with and what I'm part of is my sister Julia Bradbury's life because I'm I always say she's the swan gliding along the lake and then there are these legs that are going at 400 miles an hour underneath and that would be me (laughs) and that would be me so I'm so I sort of get things done um but I I put that in action into life in general good so I, I can relate to the uh, uh, fix it part because that seems to be what I spend most of my time doing anyway one way or another right okay so now then you are the managing director of the outdoor guide foundation and what does that mean what's it entail that kind of a job well basically what happened if I give you a bit of background I mean Julia becomes synonymous if you like with um, with being the face of the outdoors. That's really what, what she's known for. She cut her teeth walking as a child in the beautiful Peak District and in Derbyshire. I know, uh, well. with, 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 I know, with, with dad. And, um, then she, when she came to London many, many years ago, she wanted to get into advertising and got into telly, was doing loads of stuff and then ended up doing walking programs, which, again, because I look after her and her fan mail and everything else, I noticed the spike of interest, and I thought, well, wouldn't it be great if we build a website full of information about the outdoors? So we, we I built uh, the Outdoor Guide with a team, and it's funded by people that want to come onto the site, but it's all about the outdoors and outdoor-related stuff. And it's free for the public to use. It's got downloadable walks that people can look at, places to stay, places to go, places of interest. Very simple, very simple for people. It's a, an information portal. During the pandemic, during the pandemic, what became apparent was that everybody was told by all and sundry that the best thing that they could do to keep their sanity was to go for a walk and so people were walking for 20 minutes a day or they were going out and they were walking the dog and you know dog sales spikes and everything 
And I was in my flat in London looking out and I spotted, you know, within eyesight of my flat is two high-rise buildings. And I said, do the people that are in that high-rise building, do they go outdoors as well? Are they getting into the parks? Because even in London, there's loads of green spaces you can go to. And I started doing a bit of digging and I came across a fact that basically scared me to death, which is children today get outside less than prison inmates. They are not forced to go outside and to enjoy the great outdoors, however small. And I started digging deeper even more with all the contacts that we've got at the zoo. And it became, and I found out one of the barriers of not being able to get outdoors at school is that children don't have a coat. They simply don't have a coat and a pair of waterproof shoes. Well, they don't need them, do they, if they're dropped off at the door, at the gate, uh, in an SUV, Chelsea tractor or whatever you want to call them. The people in London, or people that are dropped off in a Chelsea tractor, they do have a coat. But the people that live in the middle of Wolverhampton or in Bradford or in in very deprived areas where they speak 46 languages in a school, they're the kids that don't have a coat and they're not dropped off in a Chelsea tractor. You know, their parents take them to school. And if it's a case of, and this is what what I found out, if it's a case of do I buy food or do I buy a coat, they buy food. So what I started thinking was, well, here we are in our, you know, lovely world that we are in, telling everybody to go outside and to, you know, have a great, you know, they've got to get hug a tree. It's good for your health, it's good for your well-being, it's good for this, it's good for that. And actually, you know, there is this group of kids that can't do that. So I thought, well, being Mrs. Fixit, going back to Mr. Nusi, what can I do to help? So I morphed the outdoor guide, which still stands as it is, but I developed a not-for-profit arm, which is a separate company called the Outdoor Guide Foundation. And basically, the money that we raise through the marketing and advertising and everything that we do through the Outdoor Guide, the majority of it goes into the Outdoor Guide Foundation. And I then buy a waterproof jacket, waterproof trousers, pair of welly boots, 10 sets, and I give them to state primary schools. So my legacy, if you like, of what I would like sort of to be remembered for from when I, you know, stop working, pop the clogs, whatever, is that I enabled children in the simplest way to get outside by donati- donating 10 sets to schools, state primary schools, all around the UK, all 20,000 of them, to enable in the very basic, when the bell rings and the teacher says, come on, kids, we're going to get a brush off the cobwebs are going to run around in the playground. Bill's mum that has phoned up in the morning and said, don't let Bill go outside because he hasn't got a coat. Bill has a coat because there's one hanging on the peg that's been donated by whoever it might be. Because I'm just the facilitator because we have sponsors and donors and all sorts that give us money and that's what we spend it on. That's a very admirable legacy, I have to say. 
it's only if I could write a check tomorrow to do it. It would cost about six million quid. So that's yeah. what I'm trying to raise oh, in right. the bigger uh, picture. Uh, five minutes that'll take you, I think. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you've got you've got plenty of sponsors, I, I hear. Uh, any that you want to go public we on? Do. We do have lots of sponsors. I mean, to be the, the first people that that I spoke to about this was Land Rover, and they bought the first thousand suits. So the first hundred schools that I did a couple of years ago, the year after COVID, when we all opened up and the schools went back, Land Rover bought the first hundred schools, so the first thousand suits um, for me, which was just fantastic. I could not have done it without them. But I get all sorts, you know, um, individual, like pubs or individual people that say, well, I'll donate 300 quid and I'd like it could you, does my school near me, and then they give me the name of the primary school, would that school qualify? Not rocket science. It's the kids that have high premium pupil allowance, high free school meals. They're the schools that, that really need this help. And they now write to me, and I've got 350 schools on my waiting list that I'm raising money for, and, and I keep chipping away at that list. Um, and then I'll start again. But the list, the waiting list is closed at the moment because that's a hundred grand, you know, 350 in round figures. That's a hundred grand I've got to raise. So I'm always looking for people, big and small, big companies, small companies that will, will, um, you know, basically invest in the, in the foundation. And it, and it doesn't mean they don't have to be part of the outdoor guide infrastructure because if it's not an outdoor company, um, for instance, and they don't want, they don't need publicity and PR and marketing and being showcased on an outdoor platform, which is what the outdoor guide's about. If they don't need any of that and they just want to donate to the foundation, then they, we put them on a page in the donate, in the, in the foundation that says, you know, that they're a friend of or they're a sponsor of and so on. And, you know, they get they get acknowledged there. And every school gets a certificate to say where the money's come from. So So they can write personal thank you letters, I suspect. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I always copy everybody in. So every it's very, very transparent. So the school knows that, you know, Bill has donated to the to the school and then Bill knows that the money's gone to the school so that Nobody can come at me and say, well, we gave you 200 quid, where's it gone? So are, are you basically the Outdoor Guide Foundation yourself or are there other people working with you on this? Well, I've got, um, I, I, I run the Outdoor Guide Foundation on my own, but I, but I, but the people that help me and that are employed in the Outdoor Guide, they, they obviously help me do the social media and anything that's needed. So the team, if you like, is part of the same. I haven't got a separate team for the Outdoor Guide Foundation, but I have got a um, a, a, a lad who's doing A-levels who likes to put stuff back into the community, and he works for me um, because he, he can fit it around his A-levels and everything and helps me do the spreadsheets and send out emails and so on and so forth. But he can, you know, do that from home. Yeah. He happens to live across, he happens to live in the flat opposite my flat. 
so that's quite convenient. Whereabouts are you based? I'm based in northwest London. Right, okay. Now how would anyone how would anyone find the Outdoor Guide Foundation on the internet? What would they need to look for? The Outdoor Guide Foundation dot org. Dot org. Right, okay. and it, and and even on the outdoor guide itself, the outdoorguide.co.uk has links to the Outdoor Guide Foundation. Right, this uh, the the uh, walk yourself happy um, yeah. sessions that uh, Julia's got going. Is it Julia or is it you that's got these going? Well, again, um, Julia diagnosed with cancer pre her diagnosis with cancer she was putting into the the wheels in motion to do a book about the benefits of being outdoors so that all tied in with the outdoor guide foundation and everything else but that was her baby that she was doing with her agent and publisher and so on and so they and then of course she got cancer and then she had her recovery so the, the book was postponed, but then with all the research and everything that she did for her cancer, she wanted a share. So basically, the Walk Yourself Happy book is, is, is a Bible, if you like, for want of a better word, of information about health, well-being, nutrition, and breathing, breath work, mindfulness, in, a very, in very easy ways to follow. Um, and also all linking back to walking and the outdoors. So when success of this book and, and how well received it was, I said to Julia, why don't we book into actual events so that we can bring people to events that are all about sleep, breath work, nice walk with you and so on and so forth. And she said, oh, that's a good idea, sis. Off you go. You go and sort that out. <laughs> so, As if you weren't busy enough. Yeah, I know. So so over the last sort of six months or so, since September last year, that's what I've been putting together. And we're going to pilot four, four, as we're calling them, um, around the UK, where the contributors in Julia's book, so they're very, you know, highbrow people that are in Julia's book are going to come along and they're going to do talks about mindfulness, breath work, uh, forest bathing, and, and it's going to be, you know, two days of, of action and bringing the book to life with the people that are in the book. So where, where on the internet can people access information about the... The, the on the outdoor guide, funnily on, enough, it's on strange. The outdoor, yeah, it's on strangely your outdoor enough, guide. Strangely enough, on the outdoor guide or on Ju or on JuliaBradbury.com. Yeah, it's not a separate link, website then. They all link together. They yeah. all. Okay. If they put walk yourself happy. It'll, it'll come up. Yeah, I have looked at your site and I, I have read the events and uh, and the venues. The venues are very, very upmarket venues, aren't they? They're rather they they are the four that we're, that we're doing this year, which are sort of very um, they're very bespoke, I would say. But the idea being that we are going to in twenty twenty five, and we're already in development now for them. We're going to do 
the same ethos, walk yourself happy ethos, but they will be, um, they'll be for larger number of people and obviously, and Julia won't be there at all of them. She may make an appearance and, and they'll be, because we're going to do them more regionally, we will try and get local people that do breath work, local people that do nutrition and so on and so forth to come and be part of the, the two days. Right. Your ad suggests that you can do a new you or a new you can be achieved in about two days. So how does this happen and how would you recognize it? Speaking from experience, because of course I'm much more of the sit at home and the doer of making it happen rather than the action of going out there and doing what Julia says to do. No doubt about it that once you breathe properly and once you know how to sleep properly, get the circadian rhythms and so on going in the in the body differently, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, knowledge is the real power, isn't it? Knowledge is the power. And what we are trying to do is give you bite-sized chunks of knowledge that you can take home and do yourself as and when you want them. I'm not saying... I mean, Julia gets up every morning... She goes outside to get the morning light. She says the morning light between 7 and 9 a.m. is the most powerful light that you can get to feed the body to get it ready for the day. Now, you know, some people have a black coffee and, you know, that's me. That's what. Yeah, that's. But actually, if you take five minutes and open the door or the window and just stand there for five minutes and look outside and, and, and just be calm. I, I, I mean, I do it now, not religiously every day, but I do feel light makes a huge difference, huge difference to how you feel. Will there be any opportunity for people to follow up after the course to uh, report to back what? and access oh, God, further yeah. information, oh, give some yeah. feedback? Absolutely, yeah. And we'll talk to everybody. The beauty of doing these in that very small and sort of you know, sort of bespoke environment is that we want people to engage one-on-one so they will have that opportunity one-on-one to speak to the different experts so that, you know, if you have real troubled sleeping, you you know, then, then you can speak to that that um, that specialist in the, in the sleeping and you, you're you getting them all under one, one roof, as it yeah, were. Yeah, that's but really Julius, useful. I, I uh, uh, some years ago, Bryony, my partner, bought me a day's cooking with Amar Pal Harar of iCookIndian.co.uk uh, for Christmas. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it was in Bakewell, actually, uh, which you probably know well. I do. Uh, and uh, I, I went and spent a day there and I learned one or two little tips. But one of the best things that happened was that I developed a, a sort of a uh, relationship with the chef with Amar and Amar and I have been in touch ever since and yeah. we go and visit each other occasionally and cook together sometimes and yeah. uh, and it's a good job that Brian likes curry cause, because that's mostly yeah. what I cook anyway will you cook for me I love a curry yeah I'm okay well be, because of the, the small amount of knowledge that I gained from Amar and, and the follow up that I've had with that uh, I am now inventing my own curries. I've not, I don't name them, and I never make the same one twice. But uh, 
I, they usually end up absolutely delicious. Oh, but, delicious, uh, yeah. yeah. Actually, I mean, life's about people, really. And that, for me, that's what floats my boat is. And, and, and I have to say, you know, the Walk Yourself Happy book, and when, when I went on the book tour with Julia, it was very moving to have people that came up and said to Julia, I've read your book and it's changed my life. Now, bear in mind, she's my little sister, my bloody annoying little sister at the best of times. You know, that is bloody powerful stuff that that people are saying. I'll be honest with you, I haven't read Julia's book. Uh, maybe that's a little bit remiss of me because maybe I should have done before we did this podcast. But as you know, I've been involved in doing Sarah Harding's book, um, yeah. My Beautiful Boobs, which has actually just gone to print today. And uh, after a few contretemps with the uh, printers, it's oh, there you go. just nothing, successfully. Nothing well, yeah, it's well, just Julia, Julia wrote. I mean, Julia wrote a nice little thing for Sarah. She for did, that, and that's on the back yeah, cover. Yeah. yeah, Sarah's book is actually very different to what I imagine Julia's book to be. Sarah's book is about surviving the treatment. Um, yes. And how you feel when you first get diagnosed yes. and how you feel yes. when you come out of it, what you need to get through it. Um, yeah. I, I mean, Sarah is full of humour and uh, and she's she's nobody's dummy and she's a real sharp cookie. And she's yeah. she's managed to work her way through this and, and just by sheer diligence. And I would imagine that Julia's done exactly the same. I think they're two slightly different routes and they take two well, different they directions. Are, yeah. they are. Well, Julia's, I mean, the Walk Yourself Happy book is not a cancer book. I mean, what, because Julia did a documentary about her cancer journey. I hate that word, journey, but that's what it was. Yeah. And, and, and we've actually, and the first thing we did, again, on the Outdoor Guide, we've got a whole page there called Julia's Road to Recovery. And the, 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 what she want, her aim and her goal was diagnosed was that she wanted a walk with the family somewhere all together. And now I'm going to cry. Oh, hey. I'm not surprised. It's, I mean, it's so emotive. Because, and that, that's what kept us going. Yeah, but that's honesty. That, they're not tears, I'm, they're just honesty no. leaking out. And it was, it was so, Mum, Dad took Mum to Mum tour for their honeymoon. Yeah, I mean, I used to go into Derbyshire a lot as a child. My parents, well, my father and my uncle used to take me. I've got a picture of me on Kinder Scout at the side of icicles that are twice the size of, as me. And uh, I remember getting my Wellington stuck in a soggy river bottom in there. <laughs> <laughs> and freezing cold. That's where we went. And that's was what was Julia's aim was she wanted us all to do a walk, celebrate her recovery. We all as a family, and in fact the National Trust, we did that walk with Julia and Dad, and it was featured in Julia's Breast Cancer and Me documentary for ITV. And it's also... There's a section of the walk. That particular walk is on the Outdoor Guide. On We've got a page, which is Julia's Road to Recovery. And on of that is all the like the heart-shaped pillows and all the stuff that was, was useful for Julia during her cancer, horrible word again, journey. What Julia's happy about is about preventative. What she learnt was 
that had she done things differently when she was young, there would have been less chance of her getting cancer. And that's what she's trying to share with people. This pulls me back to a book that I've just been reading. Uh, It's called Outlive by Dr. Peter Attia. And he calls that attitude Medicine 3.0 because he said Medicine 1.0 began with such people as Lister and Pasteur. And Medicine 2.0 began with penicillin. And what he's saying now is instead of instead of us fixing what's broken, let's get in front of that exactly. and, and prevent exactly. it from breaking. Yeah. His, his book is amazing, by the way. It's called, what's it called? It's Outlive. All yeah, one word. Yeah. By Dr. Yeah. Peter Attia. Outlive. Uh, it gets bogged down a little bit in the middle, I have to say, with uh, um, acronyms for different hormones and uh, alleles and things. So, but apart from that... Um, once you get past that chapter, it's absolutely riveting again. So, um, yeah, and this is all about getting in front of the thing. But can, if I can just pull you back to your two-day outdoor guide Retreat. foundation things. Are the sort of minimum physical age requirements necessary in order no. to book it? Would you recommend no. anyone no. as long as they're mobile? Anyone. anyone. And, and even, even if you have got mobility issues, we can cater for that as well. And, uh, I mean, this is just a little bit uh, off the edge, but are, are you fully insured for, for a client's uh, Oh, God, we've got an event, event, event company. We've got an event company yeah. that we're working with called Challenge the Wild. Um, and each, each expert has uh, – everybody's got liability insurance. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a fully blown, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's just that people do think about that. I mean, otherwise we wouldn't book travel insurance, would we? Uh, are there any it's places the, left? We've only just opened it up. Yeah, we've yeah. got 100 places. The the the, far, the fourth location actually is, is just about to be changed because we had to change the date. Right. And now where we were going to do it originally um, in, in Rutland, we can't do anymore. So we're changing the venue and the date which will be at the end of September. Uh, we're just about to, to put that up on the on the website. We're just sorting that out in the next week or so. But yes, I mean, there's 25 places at each location. What, um, what do you think is the reason that people aren't exercising? Do you think it's either a 21st century apathy or the lingering effects of lockdown? I, I really don't know. I think it's, I think, I, do, I, do, I don't know. I think a lot of it is apathy. Um, and I think it's, and also you don't know what to do. I mean, it's like, you know, you say, oh, let's go swimming, you know, and you suddenly want to do 50 lengths. I mean, what, what our retreats are about is our educational fun, dipping your toe in the water to things that you could do at home. It's not about hardcore exercise because the thing about walking is do it anywhere, anytime. You really don't need any kit. Unless you're going to, you know, go up Kinder or you're going to go do do the hardcore stuff. I mean, you just need sensible shoes and a coat, okay. which takes me back to the foundation. Kids that I've given coats to and I've gone to schools, they are blown away. And you put them in these little jackets and they're not, not fancy. They're not labeled. They're not, you know, they've got no branding and they've got a pair of good old Dunlop wellies. I mean, Dunlop have been amazing. And, and support this, and they let me buy them at cost price. They're fantastic. And you see these kids transform when they put these coats on and they know 
that they're not going to get wet and they roll down the hill or they roll. I mean, it's amazing seeing them. And you'd think we've given them a million pounds. It's it's heart, It's so heartwarming to see that something so simple is... And, and I, again, I'm getting messages from schools saying, you know, this has changed our life. Yeah, it does. It's life-changing. I mean, all the kids really want is noticing. You know, if you bring them yeah. a coat, you've noticed them. They, it, exactly. it sort of means that they're part of that school Again. society. I, yeah, I used part. to work with uh, reluctant readers. I spent five years working with reluctant, voluntarily working with reluctant readers. And uh, we used to write stories together. And they would develop the character, the plot, and I would, yeah, I yeah. would have the horse collar work of going away and writing it. Uh, and, and they learned to read because their name was in that story. And exactly. they wanted exactly. to read it. And that yeah. was the first time yeah. they'd ever wanted to read. And yeah. uh, it doesn't take much to change a child's no. life. No, it doesn't. They want for very little, really. Yeah. They, want for, they just want time and a bit of effort and, and, and also to be part of it. I mean, and there's nothing worse than, I mean, you know, I can remember when I was little and my, and my father passed away when I was quite young. And my, because Julia and I are half sisters, where we've got the same mum and different dad. And, and, you know, my mum and I were, were, were very, very, very poor when my father died and we were destitute. And mum couldn't afford to buy me the uniform that, that I had to wear at school. And she made it for me, all the right colours, but with different fabric and, you know, and I looked different to the other kids. And we laugh about it now. But at the time, I was so conscious. I call them the culottes. My culottes at school were brown. brown. They were horrible. And they looked awful. And they looked so different to all the others that they bought them from the school shop. And I'm going back. I mean, I'm 63 now, and I was five then, and I remember that. Now, I'm not scarred for life by it, but I'm just saying that you do know as a child. So when you see all the other kids, putting on their coats and they're going outside to run around and you're not allowed to because your mother's phoned up in the morning and said, you know, don't let Gina go outside because she hasn't got a coat. You're immediately ostracised. Yeah, you're singled out, aren't you? You're different. Well, you're singled out and you're not learning because when the kids go outside and they're all running around, they're in teams or they're helping each other, they're bonding. You know, you know some people run faster than others. You know, and it's it's that camaraderie of a pack when you're all out together. And if you've been left inside, you're not part of the gang. So I, and it's as basic as that. So by me doing what I'm doing, which is, you know, raising 300 quid a school, which in the grand scheme of things is, it's a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money. You know, that's what I'm aiming to do. Good on you. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think you should be applauded for this one. And, uh, and I, and well, only I hope, if I achieve it. Let's see. I mean, I'm still, well, you, I've got a bloody long way to go. <laughs> yeah, yes, you might have, but but look at the start you've made. I mean, you've left a hell of a footprint if you've uh, got Land Rover on board and they've provided a lot of stuff already. So uh, that's one hell of a footprint to start off with, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I suppose. Yeah, I think it's because I'm. I don't sort of stop and think about it I just carry on you know right what's next how can I raise the next lot what can I do now who can I you know what's next around the corner you don't, I don't really stop and think what's been achieved but I 
somebody did say that to me actually not so long ago. They they said, my God, you know, if you look at what you've done from age 20, whatever it was, I've never had a proper job. You know, I've always worked in the family or worked. I've always been very entrepreneurial. You know, I see opportunities, but I'm, I'm very um, giving. You know, my mother says I'm very worthy. I'm a very giving person and, and hate seeing people done by or, you know, sort of unfairness. I feel like unjust and unfairness. I think there's always a solution for me, no matter what it is, there's always a solution. And the solution, and it's really done down to communicating. And most people don't like communicating. You know, they're, they're frightened of their own shadows these days. People are frightened to say no. They're even more frightened to say yes a lot of the time. <laughs> well, yes has implications. Uh, no, yeah, well, no yes, has a hidden yes. ones that you, uh, that, yeah, you it does. Yeah, that you never really uh, access. Anyway... Is there anything that you would like to add, Gina, that uh, might either help you raise funds or um, raise awareness or anything be before we close this podcast? Is there anything you'd like to say? No, unless you can think of anything that I've missed or, you know, that... Um, I don't think no, you've missed I mean, anything just, very much, to be honest. No, I'm very, I'm very grateful of, for this opportunity from you. I'm really glad that, you know, that... that we got to meet. I love the fact that there's the Sheffield connection. I think that's that that's a karma that was meant to be. When you think of how we sort of got to this point of a podcast from, you know, somebody that I know in London that reached out to me to to get hold of Julia to help Sarah to then contact you. I mean, it's a pretty round round the houses way of how we've ended up, and it's it's really lovely because. It's, it just goes to show that if people do communicate and reach out with a chat and touch, I won't start singing because that's not one of my attributes. But <laughs> it's uh, oh my. my my son used to, my son used to put his hands over his ears and go, "No sing, mummy, no sing." So that told me told me. Um, no, I think you know, communicating is key, and 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 one. The, there's one lead, one thing leads to another. So if you'd just like to tell me again how people can book, please. So the best way, all the information is on the outdoorguide.co.uk. That is got all of Julia's stuff. It's got the out, it's got the walk yourself happy event. It's got everything there. The outdoor guide. Yeah. Where can you access uh, Julia's book? All, it's all, everything. There are links on the outdoorguide.co.uk. It's all on there. Everything. Right. And uh, there's a very, there's a very proficient search box on, on the, um, that'll make a change. On, on the website, on the outdoor guide. Well, I hope it works. So when you put something in it, it, all the info comes up. You can find it on the website very easily. I'd like to thank you very much for being so open because you have been and, uh, and you had honest emotion during the course of this podcast, which is unusual. And so I'd love to thank you for taking part in this. And I do suspect I might get to meet you one day. And I'd like to say to anyone that's listening, if you need a kickstart, which is what these two days are, then go and look for it at the Open Guide 
dot co dot sorry openguide.org no the, the outdoor guide the outdoor, outdoor guide, guide. Uh, sorry, I, I, will, I will edit that Gina don't worry <laughs> yeah. I, I, can, I think you leave it I think you should leave in the wrong link I think that's much more fun people trying to find it well sometimes <laughs> it is <laughs> anyway but uh, thank you very much anyway and uh, I I will now spend about four hours editing this at some point and, oh uh, love it Oh, well, that's I, look the worst to, I look forward yeah. to I look forward to to uh, signing off on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, you don't get a chance to sign off on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you get what's given. I, I will. Oh, not, okay. I will not upset you, though. I promise you that. And I trust uh, you. I trust you implicitly. Until you find out differently. But no, you, you're safe. I, I don't put out anything that's contentious. So, uh, okay. And anyway, All right, then. lovely to talk to you again. And oh, uh, go and make another lot, cup Bill. of tea now. And you've talked to yourself love, dry. Eh? All right. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to walk yourself happy, talk yourself dry. Yeah. That's a new one. <laughs> yeah. I feel a book. Okay. All right. Take care. See you soon. Right. Bye. Bye. You've just been listening to another excellent podcast from Urban Tiger Radio, sponsored by Cybermouse Multimedia. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, don't forget to click the little heart button on your way out and let everyone else know that you like it. So, once again, that's a goodbye from me and a... from now. Bye.